Welcome to Ethics and Etiquette, a thought-provoking dialogue about everyday dilemmas. We offer insights and perspectives on sticky situations to help you analyze your choices and exercise your own ethical muscles. I'm your host, Marna Ashburn, and I'm joined by wife, mother, and attorney, Kelly Halligan-Zimmerman. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Marna. Hi, Mike. Hi, everybody. And Mike Derrick, a retired Army officer, combat vet, and father of four. Hello, Mike. Hey, Marna. Hey, Kelly. And I just want to say hi to all our listeners. Welcome to both of you and to our listeners. Thanks for joining us. We have a listener email I'd like to share. I want to tell you that we love emails. Send them to us at inbox at ethicsandetiquette.com. You can also do it from our website, ethicsandetiquette.com. This is from Carrie, and she writes, First and foremost, I absolutely love this podcast. I have gotten several friends on the ENE bandwagon as well. I love the respectful dialogue you three share. I also love the episodes with Kathy and hearing about the Derek's hiking adventures. Well, thank you, Carrie. We appreciate you taking the time to write. And I should also say that Carrie knows Mike and Kathy from Colorado, I believe. Is that right, Mike? Yes, indeed. Yeah, Colorado Springs. So a big shout out to Carrie and her husband, Joe. Hi, Carrie and Joe, and thanks for writing. Okay, here's her sticky situation. She writes, we had a recent dilemma I thought I'd share. A few years ago, my husband had two young, both in their early 20s, co-workers get married. He works for a small company with about 35 employees, and it's a very family-oriented workplace. We had living room furniture, two love seats, and a couch that we didn't like, and offered it to them for free. The pieces were only a year or two old, so they were in great shape. Fast forward three years, and they now have a toddler with baby number two on the way. I noticed on Facebook Marketplace they were selling the furniture we'd given them. Initially, it struck a nerve in both of us because we felt if they were done with the furniture, they should have offered it back to us so we could pass it along to another family in need or they could have simply paid it forward themselves. I'm still not sure if it was the mere fact that they were profiting off our generosity that initially irritated us, but we certainly weren't expecting anything monetary from their sale. What are your thoughts? I'm going to turn it over to Mike first, and then I'd like to hear what Kelly has to say. What do you think, Mike? Well, Carrie, it's a tough situation. You know, you did the right thing. You know, you gave them that when they people with young kids often need a little helping hand, and you guys certainly stepped up and did that. But you know, the kind of the way I view this thing is that once you give something away, could be something big like your furniture set or just a gift. Um, I mean, we've done this before on ethics and etiquette, but you really lose control over that. Clearly, it was a bad decision on their part to then put it up for sale after it had been gifted to them by you. But, you know, you really can't control that. What you can control is you know, maybe that changes the nature of your friendship with those folks. There may be more to the story, too. You may not have a full appreciation of everything that's going on. They might be in a real financial pinch, and this might be something, eh, don't really want to do this, but, you know, we just got to we gotta try to free up some cash. So who knows? That's sort of where I'm at on that. I'm just really interested to hear what Marna and Kelly would say. Okay, would you recommend having a conversation with the people you gave the furniture to? Not really. You know, that's kind of water under the bridge at that point. You might just choose to not be as close a friend with them. But to go back and kind of try to somehow make them feel bad to make you feel better, I I don't think that's the right play. Okay. So once you give it, you've lost control of it. Yeah, that's kind of a principle I think we've developed on this 
podcast, you know. I gifts are have. given, gifts are given, and you can't then go back and sort of coach someone to success on what to do with the gift you gave them. Right. Um, I mean, that can apply with inheritances. It can apply with, you know, like even, I mean, we at some point we talked about a quilt. Kathy's a quilter, and quilts require an incredible investment of time and energy and and sometimes, you know, artistry and emotion. And then, you know, sometimes quilts aren't treated the way you intended them to be treated. That's tough for the giver. Very tough. So. Yes. Okay, Kelly, I'm anxious to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I agree with Mike. I mean, first, really generous act of kindness by Carrie and her husband. You know, very generous to give a whole furniture set yes, to it another was. family. From the scenario, it sounds like it was an unconditional gift. Um Carrie does not tell us that, you know, they communicated in any way with this other couple and said, hey, enjoy this, you know, use it as long as you like. Whenever you're done, let us know. You know, we may want to, you know, give it to one of our nieces or nephews or, you know, something along those lines. So I think it was an unconditional gift. I would be frustrated too. I would be a little irritated. I'm right there with her. I would see that on Facebook and kind of cringe and uh, I would feel bad about it. But I would kind of come to the conclusion, look, I gave this so you, you can't take it back and you can't expect anything in return. And she doesn't. She clearly doesn't. She doesn't want money. I think it just left a bad taste in her mouth, understandably. But there's really nothing you can do about it. And I agree with Mike. I wouldn't even, uh, there's no conversation to have because you gave him the furniture. What are you going to say? I don't like what you did with it. (laughs) I mean, it's their furniture. Right. Does it change the nature of the relationship? Uh, Yeah, probably. But I I don't get the impression they were particularly close, although they must have been to give him the furniture. I guess it could. But as Mike said, you don't really, there's no backstory you don't really understand what happened. Why did they sell the furniture? Is it because they really are, things are a little tight and they're having to to sell some of their possessions? Or is it simply that, oh, they got a great new family room set and, you know, they're just trying to get rid of this and, hey, why donate it when you can make a few bucks? I just, it's not clear to me what's going on. Yeah, we don't know the details. And it was three years later, so it wasn't like they took the furniture with the malice aforethought of immediately selling it and making a quick buck on Facebook Marketplace, right? Yeah, and the other thing is we don't know the condition of the furniture. And having three kids and having toddlers, that furniture could have been in bad shape. <laughs> you know, with kids crawling all over and food and diaper changes and yeah. sickness <laughs> and I don't know. So Wow, Kelly, I'm getting very graphic yeah, here. Great okay. visual. Sorry. <laughs> We've all been there. (laughs) I mean, it just—it's been a long time, though, folks. Come on, come on! You're giving me flashbacks. Dogs, cats, pets. Yeah, Carrie, I want to recommend a podcast to you that we did in season one, season one, episode eight, "The Art of Gift Giving," and we talked about very similar scenarios. There was one where a friend of mine had made a beautiful handmade quilt and given it as a gift, and a year later, she saw that they were using it as the dog bed in the minivan. Of course, I was shocked to hear that. That makes me cringe Remember every this? time you say that, Marna. I just, yeah, I, I, you know. Yeah. I know okay. nothing about quilting. <laughs> I know nothing about any arts and crafts. And even I would never Oh, do my. That. 
I just cringe. Uh, and I'm sure it was cringe. beautiful. But this woman was, <laughs> she was, funnily enough, a psychologist. And she said, but what could I do? It was a gift. I gave her a gift, and it was hers to do whatever she wanted with it. And that's what she chose to do with it. So she made peace with it. My thought is you fall back on the old a gift is a gift policy, like we've talked about, with the caveat that I understand and acknowledge that it's annoying when stuff like this happens. In an ideal world, the best course of action for your friends would have been to call you and say, hey, we're in the process of getting new furniture. Do you want this back? Or shall we donate it? Or what? Do you know somebody else who needs it? But that's not what they did. However, you did give it to them. A gift is a gift. Yes, it sucks. Let it go. Yeah, but, you know, give yourself a pat on the back that you did that. Really wonderful act of kindness. Sure. Oh, sure. try, Try to focus on that. Although I'm right there with her. Like I would be irritated and then I would be annoyed that I was irritated. (laughs) Like, why am I getting irritated? I shouldn't be irritated about this. Lots of layers, Kelly. Smokes. It just goes on and on. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, you know, when you give a gift, do a fearless self inventory and and be very clear to yourself. When you give this, is it a gift or in your mind, is it a a loan that I can take back whenever I want? I've had people in my family ask me for gifts back. Hey, if you're not using it, can I have it back? Because I want to give it to somebody else. Hmm. Or or do you want... How'd that go, Marna? How'd that go? (laughs) That's that's nuts. Marna. (laughs) It didn't didn't go too well. Okay. Can you be more specific here? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's one thing to be like, hey, if you don't, you know, if you're not using that, could I use it? But to say... Can you give it back to me so I can give it to somebody else? <laughs> yep, that was the exact yeah. script. Did you finish wow. that with a comma, you scoundrel? <laughs> no, I didn't. Okay. I was kind of shocked, though. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, apparently this person in my family expected first right of refusal into perpetuity oh, really? on this particular really? gift. <laughs> Ooh, okay. So, yeah, I mean, it, we do have <laughs> right a little of bit of refusal. <laughs> tangled, <laughs> tangled psychology about gifts. I got to tell you a story about... My first husband, I'm no longer married to him, but for a an engagement gift, I gave him this beautiful silver challenge coin, sterling silver challenge coin. Mike, I'm sure you know what a challenge coin is. Yeah. All yeah. the different units have them. Mm-hmm. They've even gotten popular in the civilian world. It was an engagement gift, and I found out that he later gave it to his dad. And I was really hurt. Now, I know I'm breaking my own rule about gift giving, but, but that was a special engagement gift. I expected him to hold on to it, but he gave it to his dad. Well, that was the first sign that things were bad. (laughs) And I did explain to him how hurt I was. And eventually what my husband did was he got a second coin from the same place and asked his dad for that one back from him, and he gave him the the second one that he bought. Mm. After that, I felt much better. Well, yeah, I mean, that Valuable was quite, a, quite an effort to have to do all <laughs> on his part. Like, I got to go find yeah. a coin, then I got to get the other one back, and I got to <laughs> give him that one. Right. Yeah, I mean, he deserves credit for that. He deserves credit, and I think he did learn a valuable lesson. Pas. Serious faux pas, exactly. In another situation, we were a young couple. But our kids were middle school, and we had a, a burly cart, which is a cart that you connect to your bike, and the, the little kids 
can sit in the cart. You can go on bike rides with them in the cart. And I also had the uh, stroller accessory kit, so we turned it into a stroller as well. And we were done with it. Our kids were too big for it. So we gave it to another couple who had two smaller children and who could use it. And, you know, it always delighted me to see them riding around the neighborhood, pushing the kids in it. And I hope, I don't know for sure, but I hope that when they were done with it and their kids were too big that they passed it on to somebody else. I hope it didn't Mm -hmm. go on Facebook Mm -hmm. Marketplace. But I don't know. I didn't put anything in writing. Well, you know, one of the things that we've developed in this podcast is the joy of paying things forward. And you do that with an open heart and you do it without any expectation. But sometimes I think you're specific and deliberate when you give somebody something in a time of need and you say, listen, this is for you. You don't owe me any money, but when the time is right, you need to pay this forward. And that's a pretty powerful thing. And do you recommend saying that? I do. I mean, it's all about context, but yeah, there's a, there are moments when that works and that, that's good. And again, you create this, plant a seed in that person's mind that, hey, this was a gift to me and I'm going to do the same to somebody else when the time is right. In some small way, that just makes the world a better place. Well put. Anything else, Kelly? No, thank you. Before we close, I want to thank Carrie and Joe and, uh, you know, say, hey, guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. And, you know, we look forward to uh, hanging out with you when we come back out to Colorado. Oh, that's nice. All right. I should say at the end of Carrie's email, after she had explained the situation and their thoughts, she did put an end result. And so let me just read that to you. She says, we let it marinate a few days and then discussed it again and came to the conclusion that even though they didn't do what we would have done, at the end of the day, it was a gift and was theirs to use, sell, or dispose of as they saw fit since we did not put any stipulations on the gift. We have also given them items since the marketplace posts knowing there are no strings attached. And if we truly want something back, then we need to state up front that we're lending the items to them. We are fortunate enough to be able to help others and are very thankful to be in this position. Have a great day, everyone. That's very beautifully put. Yeah. So it sounds like they got the resolution. Yeah, I mean, they really sound like good people. Hey, they're good people. (laughs) Mike knows. Let me, let me tell you, they're good people. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, kind of who does that? I mean, mm-hmm. turns around even after that happens, chats about it, comes to a very logical and unemotional conclusion, and then continues to be generous to the same couple. Oh, yeah. they're great. I'm just inspired to, uh, this may be more, more detailed than anybody wants, but uh, Joe and I served together in the, in the Army, and we served together in a, in a unit, and every unit in the army has a motto and the motto of our unit at that time was to the limit sounds like joe and carrie are taking it to the limit so they took took that to heart yeah way to go you guys nice thanks for writing carrie write to us again we'd love to hear from you as well as any other listener write to us give us your scenario we'll weigh in now For the second scenario of this show, as our regular listeners know, we've presented several shows on genealogy. One of my associates, who was adopted in the 1950s, discovered from Ancestry.com that he had a half-sister. He discovered it when he had his DNA done, and then she got in touch with him and said, Who are you? It says we're half-siblings. So they arranged a meeting, and he also met the second half-sister. So his mother, his biological mother had had um, more children. Apparently, there's a third half-sister whom the other two are estranged from, so he hasn't met her. He's met two of the half-sisters. However, the two half-sisters 
want her to introduce him to the daughter of the third half-sister. I guess that makes her his half-niece, but they want to do this without introducing him to the third half-sister, whom they're estranged from. So he asked me for advice on what he should do. What do you think? Should he meet the niece without meeting her mother, his half-sister? What do you think, Kelly? I Sure. I mean, it's fine for him to, to meet his niece, I think that's fine. I would want to still meet my half-sister or half-sibling, and I would get the information from my niece, and I would reach out and communicate with that half-sister as well. I'm a little concerned that there's this estrangement going on and that the other sisters seem to be trying to keep him from having contact with the third sister, Uh, He's sort of kind of stuck in the middle here. You know, it would be better if they were kind of like, look, we don't have a good relationship with, I'll call her Sally, but we have her information if you'd like to reach out to her and meet her. And that would be the appropriate way to handle it, sort of the classy way to handle it. But I think he should come to his own conclusions, reach out, meet his sister and, and decide what he thinks. And the niece can help him do that. And of course, it'd be nice to meet his niece as well. Okay, Mike, what are your thoughts? I'm on board with Kelly here. I think he definitely should meet his half-niece. But I would add that before he does that, he should check in with those two sisters and he should he should get a sense of what's going on. What is the source of this estrangement? Because that'll do two things. One, it'll set his mind at ease. And number two, it will allow him to kind of understand a little better the situation his niece is in. Because clearly the, the niece is someone that the two other sisters feel uh, some warmth towards and they, they care for yes, this, this girl. They do. they do. And so there's something there. But just to understand a little more about this, I mean, this is his family after all. These people are all related. And so you get a little more, I think, of a, you, you get more privileges when it comes to family, right? You should know a little more. You should be better informed. I don't think he should go into meeting that niece blind or cold. Um, he should understand what the heck's going on. Something significant, at least in the eyes of the two sisters, has happened. Those are my thoughts. Whatever happened between the three sisters, would that be enough to keep him from meeting the third sister? No, I don't think so. I'm a big believer in that you don't pick up other people's battles and fight them for them. And I've done that in my own family. I've got some cousins and, uh, you know, some of them are estranged. And and I speak to all of them. I'm I'm just not going to get into that detail between them all. I understand it. I sort of have some context. I don't know all the details. I'm not going to fight the battles of other people for them when I don't see it as my responsibility. Yeah, and they shouldn't pull you into that. That's the thing that concerns me is it sounds like, you know, the sisters, the two sisters are trying to pull him in or involve him in this in some way by making him feel like he cannot have a relationship with or reach out to the third sister. I know you're big on communication, Mike, and I think that's great, but I don't know that I would ask about what's going on because do I care? I I don't think I care. Just kind of like what you said with your cousins. I think I just Mm want to make my own assessment, come to my own conclusions, and just kind of go from there. What are they going to tell me? Do I even know if it's true? And, you know, I don't want to get colored by all that before I even say hello to her. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what I was going to say. I 
my belief is I don't form impressions of people based on hearsay. I try to form them based on my own first-person experience with them. Yeah, I mean, I think so, but we're all human, and if we hear something, especially if it's crazy enough or, you know, it can really, it can really stick with you, you know? Mm-hmm. If it's something that's just out of the ordinary or a little bit wacky or a little bit salacious, you cannot get it out of your mind no matter how hard you try. Like if they said, yeah, we don't approve of her lifestyle, she and her husband are swingers. Come on. <laughs> oh, Kelly. You had to you go there. Not, wow. You Holy would not smokes. be able to forget that. You just wouldn't get it out of your mind. It wouldn't leave you. And that's when I'm like, I, I came up with that because it's so crazy and kind of funny. Um, <laughs> but that's just what I think. Yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, and hopefully the other sisters, I'm sure our listeners' concern is, what if my two half-sisters, like, don't want to have a relationship with me if I have a relationship with the third sister. That would be my big concern. I think that was a concern. Yeah. But you see, then, you know, those two sisters that have come forward, they're starting to draw up teams, okay? You're either on my team or her team, all right? Can't be on both. Choose teams. I just don't see it that way. And somehow... There's this daughter involved. Which team is she on? Does she talk to her mom? Does she have a relationship with her mom? You know, I have seen in life that it's one thing for siblings to like, you know, say, okay, enough. I'm just not going to talk to you anymore. It's another thing altogether for a parent and a child to do that. You know, there's a lot of forgiveness that goes on between parents and children. You know, even when some some difficult moments or unspeakable things have happened, kids and parents still tend to talk to one another. So anyhow. So how about the order of March here? I mean, my thought was very military, Marta. Meet <laughs> those handy. I, I don't even know what the order of March means. <laughs> the, the order. Okay, can we, can we please bring Kelly on board here? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Sorry, Kelly. The order of meeting people. My thought was you should probably meet the half sister first, but the other sisters weren't going to do that. They were going to introduce him to the niece. Now that seems like. That would be really hurtful to the other half-sister. Be like, everybody has met this half-brother except me. Who else has met him? How long has it been going on? I told him he should probably meet the half-sister and ask them to make the introduction or he would do it his own way. Oh, I don't, I don't see it that way, Marna. You don't? No, I would say to the two sisters in contact with this guy, I would say, you know, tell me what's going on. I would like to meet my niece, but kind of like to know what the hell's going on here. That's step one. Step two is meet the niece. Because, you know, this guys he didn't even know about this. This is a surprise to him, you know, later in life. And he doesn't get to write the rules. He's fortunate that this happened in the first place. So gather what information you can and then meet with the niece. She may be willing to talk about her mom. Maybe not. Maybe they're estranged too. And if that's the case, it just take it for what it is and, and, and take what you've been given and make the most of it. So maybe between the two sisters or the niece, there's some potential for an ongoing you know, relationship that brings goodness to, to all parties and try to seek that out. So that would be my approach. So I'm still confused. Would he meet the third sister? Not necessarily because he's been offered a meeting with the niece but I would say he should know what the landscape looks like before he meets with that niece. And then perhaps through the niece, he can meet with her mother, that person being the third sister. 
Of course, if they're all estranged, it's possible all of them would say, no, we're not going to do that. You shouldn't run the other way. Get yeah, them and, and, from those and hey, hey, in that case, in that case, he does just that. You know, if he says she's irretrievable and she just isn't someone we all need to be associated with, if the niece is saying that, the daughter of this, this woman, then yeah, okay. You've learned what you need to know. I kind of like your idea, Marna, although I don't think he has to... If I'm the sister, I don't care whether he meets my daughter first. That's fine. I don't feel put out by that at all. You know, that's, I don't think the order matters. Maybe you meet the sister because, I'm sorry, the the niece, because the introduction was made by your two half-sisters. And then through the niece, you get your other sister's information. And I think as a courtesy, you let your half-sisters know that you're going to be reaching out to her but you don't have to but you probably should just because you know it will be a problem and they might be like you know we can't believe he reached out to her and without telling us knowing how we feel about her yeah that's what i'm afraid of it sounds like a big old mess it does (laughs) the more we talk about it the messier it gets (laughs) yeah i mean but i think i mean everybody's got i'm sure you guys have stories i have stories oh yeah we all do get a little nutty i don't know what else to say but Mm -hmm. i think he should just you know he's got this opportunity to meet the niece meet her and then through her he can meet his other half sister and then he can kind of decide where he wants to go from there yeah just go from there This isn't the only time I've heard people getting big surprises when they got their Ancestry.com results back or were put in touch with people or, you Mm -hmm. know, found out their Mm -hmm. dad wasn't their dad or opening up a whole can of worms. Hey, if you've got something to add to this conversation, send us an email, inbox at ethicsandetiquette.com. You can also comment on Instagram at ethicsetiquette or our Facebook page, Ethics and Etiquette. Tell your friends and family about Ethics and Etiquette, subscribe, and we'd love it if you left a positive review wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. For Kelly Halligan Zimmerman and Mike Derrick, I'm Marna Ashburn, and this is Ethics and Etiquette, a thought-provoking dialogue about everyday dilemmas. New episodes are posted on the first and third Wednesdays of the month. See you next time.